0: of Elvis lives a Conspiracy Theory vodka. Woohoo! <laughs> it's me, KB, and Julie's here too. I'm here too! Making me laugh. As per <laughs> usual. <laughs> um... Julie. Yeah, what? I bought you a conspiracy theory You today. bought me a conspiracy yeah, theory? Yeah, but I think you may know this one already.
1: I bring you cheese boards and conspiracy theories, and you're <gasps> just bringing me a conspiracy theory? Yeah. Wow. I'm... Um... Now, very sorry. (laughs) Um, You know what? I have magnums in the fridge. You're not getting (gasps) one. Why would you say that to me? (laughs) Uh, Julie! I win! You do win. You do. Okay, bring me this conspiracy. Okay, are you ready? Are you steady? No, I'm drinking water. You are. (laughs) You are drinking
0: water. Okay, here we go. I'm going to hold it here. Can you still hear me if I'm sitting back here and reading my laptop?
1: Goodness knows because I'm not hearing a live feed. Maybe
0: I'll just sit like halfway in between. Sorry guys, we're working with a new microphone. So, now that you can hear me from all the way back here, I am going to...
1: Blow my mind. Well, hopefully, but also we'll see. You think I know this one? The Wizard of Oz! Oh. oh, see, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, see? That's the reaction I said she would have. Yeah. Wiz- Lorreen also mentioned this me. <laughs> this conspiracy
0: theory has come from listener Lorreen. Hi, Lorene. Hi, Lorene. Thank you for giving us a conspiracy theory that you want to hear more about. But before we delve into it, I thought, oh, let's just have a chat about The Wizard of Oz, because okay. it's, like, one of my favourites. Um, So why not talk about it? We're up to see the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Because, no, that's enough. We've done 12 seconds. Uh, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz celebrated its 80th cinematic birthday this year. Oh, happy birthday. Bu- 80?
1: 80. Wow. Happy birthday, Wizard of I Oz. I guess, Oz. yeah. And just... Eddie Garland was like 14 or something.
0: No, she was She was sixteen, but she was trying to play a twelve year old, I think. It was she was meant to be. Impressive. Yeah. I mean, not quite pulling it off, but I never thought Dorothy should be that young anyway. <laughs> but
1: does like any like anyone really pull no, off? No, I mean I just watched The
0: Politician. They're all meant to be in high school, they're at <laughs> yeah. 35. I was like, right? I don't remember
1: anyone this hot in high school. <laughs> Me either. Um so anyway, it is Sorry, still
0: back. a phenomenally well known film. I watch it a lot still. We sing it a lot. We do. It's on stage Too
1: pretty often. much
0: three thousand <laughs> times a year. Um, but let's like let's not talk about movie, the movie just for a second. We'll see how it all came into being. The book *The Wonderful Wizard of Oz* by L. Frank Baum was published in May nineteen hundred. Oh, there is a
1: beautiful movie um, that is called. Oh my god! I forgot what it's called. Well, you keep thinking I about will. the title, and I'll keep going.
0: It has, been re- it has been reprinted many times since, but under the title The Wizard of Oz, to coincide with the 1902 musical adaptation and the live-action film from 1939. The story follows Dorothy Gale, a young girl who has been transported to the magical land of Oz during a cyclone in her hometown ca- of Kansas. Here she meets a myriad of weird and wonderful characters who all help her find her way home. The book has been deemed America's greatest and best loved homegrown fairy tale by the Library of Congress. Wow.
1: Yeah. Homegrown. And I mean Kansas. Homegrown
0: Kansas. It's like very American in its setting. People can relate to it. She it's true. still read. Kids still know what the Wizard of Oz is. They don't know what a VHS is or a cassette tape is, but they, they know, know what the, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz is. is. And that's the main thing. <laughs> The success of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, both the book and the stage show, inspired Baum to write
1: 13 more books in the series. Thirteen! Yeah, I did not know. I think I only know one. Yeah! Maybe two.
0: Maybe two. Return to Oz. Yeah. And that's it. Why? That's because they've both been made into films. Return to Oz is scary, guys. Don't watch it if you don't have it nor you seen it. Um, in its first print of 10,000 copies, that's it, it only had 10,000 10, copies, the book completely sold out and continued to sell for the next 50 years, 3 million copies by the time it went into public domain in 1956. The publisher, George M. Hill Company, was unsure if the book would be so popular, hence only the first 10,000 original copies. Hill only agreed to publish the book once the Chicago Grand Opera House agreed to turn it into a musical stage play to promote the novel. The musical debuted in 1902 and was revised to suit a more adult audience, dubbed a musical extravaganza, and saw costumes created from W.W. Denslow's illustrations for the book. What year was that in? 1902. Hoy! Yes. Yeah, Okay. It, like, so they were in the process of writing it once, the publisher had agreed to publish it and publish the novel, so then this play came out a couple of years later. Um, George M. Hill went bankrupt in 1901, <laughs> prior to the show opening, so the publication of The Wizard of Oz was continued by Bob's Merrill Company and later, ooh, I think it was Samuel French, but that may be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, the locations in the book that we see, like Oz and all that, jazz, were inspired by places Baum frequented, but there are two suggestions as to where he got Oz from in a 1903 interview Baum said it had come from looking at his O to Z drawer on his filing cabinet but some believe that Oz was a reference to Australia a relatively new country at the time with many similarities to how Oz is described in the book. That's not the conspiracy theory, though, guys. No, but you should see my face. <laughs> yeah, you She's just like,
1: <laughs> I'm like, I really don't remember any munchkins. Anywhere near <laughs> I home. I mean, I'm really short. So. You are! Yeah. Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> Although he
0: found the plot incoherent, Baum did take inspiration from Alice in Wonderland in the sense that Alice is a character that most people can identify with and was quite popular amongst readers. He went on to combine a traditional fairy tale feel for the characters that people knew, like, with characters that people knew, like scarecrows and cornfields and made sure to in a heap of illustrations because it is a children's book after all
1: I do have a very beautifully illustrated copy yes look at you go I know in 1939
0: the beloved book was turned into a film produced by MGM and starring Judy Garland Ray Bolger Jack Haley and Bert La. MGM decided to go into production with The Wizard of Oz after Walt Disney had shown the world that children books turned into movies could be super popular with his films *Snow One and the Seven Dwarfs. And they're like, see how much money he made? We can do the same Let's thing. Let's make more. Let's make more. But what I really like, and it's a little fun fact, if anyone's listened to musicals taught me everything I know, I love a fun fact. In the song, If Only I Had a Heart or a Brain... Or in anything. Or in anything. The girl who says, Wherefore art thou, Romeo? is Adriana Casalotti, the voice of Snow White in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. For that one line, she was paid $1,000. Great. For that one line. So they got I don't even Do remember, remember that one no. line. No! They got inspired by Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and then stole the voice of Snow White to <laughs> say a <why>. lie. <laughs> I need to borrow you for a second. Here's $1,000. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's pretty good considering the Munchkins, I think, were being paid $50 a week.
1: I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. She's Um, getting significantly more, but...
0: The original producers thought very highly of their audience and felt that they would be too sophisticated to just delve into a fantasy world and accept it. So instead they made the entire film one super long, lengthy dream sequence. It'd be like a dream sequence. Surprise if you've never seen The Wizard of Oz. I probably should have seen. since spoilers. Spoilers. That. spoilers! Um, the Wizard of Oz is known for its amazing use of Technicolor. It wasn't the first film to use it, but it's probably the one that it's people tr- most uh, like
1: relate. And I think and black that's and because, and because it transforms from black and white yeah, or into Technicolor.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, It's also known for its fantasy storytelling, its musical score and its memorable characters. It's only natural for the film to become the American pop culture icon it is today. It was nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, which it lost to Gone with the Wind, which was also directed by Victor Fleming. Poor fair. Yeah. (laughs) Shirley Temple was originally up for the role of Dorothy Gale, as was newcomer Deanna Durbin, who made her first film appearance with Judy Garland in Every Sunday. Um, but the role went to the most experiences of them all, Judy Garland, obviously. But it has come down to probably mostly contractual issues. So Judy Garland was the only one contracted to MGM at the time. Ha ha! Shirley Temple was with Educational Pictures and was lent out to Universal, Paramount and Warner Brothers. And then Deanna was with... Universal. Winner,
1: winner, chicken dinner. Yeah.
0: So she was always the first, like, Judy Garland was always the first in line, but they did audition others. But you can't to, like, even see... imagine the film with anyone else. No, you can't. I mean, there was also the fact that they were, like, pumping drugs into her so that they could,
1: like, keep it on schedule, but... And that turned out real well for her. Yeah. Anyway... I did find the movie that I adore and yes. cannot anywhere find a copy of illegally or legally. What is so it? So if you have it, please give it to me. The Dreamer of Oz. The Dreamer it's, of it's Oz. the It's kind of a movie about the creation of the book.
0: Nice. And it
1: stars, rest in peace, it stars John Ritter
0: Aww. as L.
1: Frank Baum. He would
0: have been a beautiful He's bomb. beautiful. The munchkins in the movie are portrayed by the singer Midgets, named not for their musical abilities but by Leo Singer, their manager. The troop came from Europe. Many of them were Jewish and a number of them took advantage of the trip to stay in the US in order to escape the Nazis. Keep that in mind for later, guys. Oh. Professional singers dubbed most of their voices as many of them couldn't speak English and or sing very well. Hey, um, let's get a group of singers yeah. from the UK. They can't Europe. sing. They can't. But uh, only two um, of the group are heard with their, their real voices. And that they're the ones that give the flowers to Dorothy when she climbs into the carriage. That's terrifying. That's the only one. There's so many. Like, the group was so huge. And two of them that were the only ones. That
1: is legitimately terrifying. Um,
0: The production of the movie didn't really go very smoothly. <laughs> Surprise. Ray Bulger was originally cast as the Tin Man, with Buddy Ebsen as the Scarecrow. However, Bulger desperately wanted the role of Scarecrow. Because it had been initially played by his longtime idol, Fred Stone, in the stage production in 1902, and Fred Stone had been the one to inspire Ray Bolger to go into Fordville. So he was oh. like, can I please pay homage to my idol? I don't want to play Tin Man, I want to play the Scarecrow. He convinced the producer, Mervyn Leroy, to swap him and Ebsen, and when Ebsen was like, okay, the roles were reversed. <laughs> However. Don't tell me they filmed. Buddy Ebsen was later replaced by Jack Haley after he had a severe reaction to the aluminium or aluminium powder makeup that they were using for the Tin Man. (gasps) Execs didn't really understand, or didn't understand, in, in inverted commas, the severity of the illness until Ebsen was hospitalized. He was then replaced by Jack Haley, who came onto the project still thinking that Ebsen had been fired, but instead, Ebsen was in hospital with an iron lung. Because it had gone real south. So it's the lead po- He had lead poisoning. Yeah. So, a buddy was not meant to play Tin Man, was meant to play Scarecrow, ended up not in the film at all, and with an iron lung.
1: <laughs> Yay! Yeah. And probably absolutely no money from this experience.
0: Yeah, he filmed a couple of scenes, but obviously they had to reshoot.
1: It's
0: so sad. Not only that, Victor Fleming, who had taken over the role of di- of over the role of director from George Cukor, who had taken over the role from Richard Thorpe after he got fired, hastily left the production of The Wizard of Oz to replace Cukor on Gone with the Wind. Ha! <laughs> so he Hey w- This is a great film, but Yeah <laughs> I feel sure. like I've got something better. He's like Ugh, it's going south, I need to fix Gone with the Wind, because you guys are so fine here. Here, have my friend, King Vidor. He came on to film the rest of the scenes, mostly the sepia Kansas scenes, um, while he fixed Gone with the Wind. So the movie, all up, had four directors. Um, and Vidor didn't take any credit for any of the stuff he did until after Victor Fleming passed away ten years later. And was like, Maybe he was like... that.
1: It's such a small amount of the
0: film, and he really still continued to direct in the vision that Victor Fleming had had anyway. Um, The music in the film was composed by Harold Arlen, and the lyrics were written by Yip Harburg. That's my favourite name. Yip Harburg. Harburg. Both of whom won the Academy Award for Best Original Score for Over the Rainbow. Um... The song was ranked first in two lists: the AFI's 100 Years, 100 Songs, and the Recording Industry Association of America's 365 Songs of the Century. Uh, MGM composer Herbert Stothart, a well-known Hollywood composer and songwriter, also won the Academy Award for Best Original Score in recognition of his original score. Um, for because a lot of the I don't think a lot of the songs from the stage show translated no. into the movie. Obviously, it had been, like, 40 years since it had been written. <laughs> but Over the Rainbow was really, like, was so close to being cut from the film. Okay. The one that everybody sings now, gone. Over the Rainbow. Who would have thought? Can you imagine Little Wizard of Oz without it? They just felt that that uh, first sequence was really, really long. I mean, I fast forwarded it. it as a kid. Yeah, kids just wouldn't get it. So I, they mean, I don't like, need this. They also were like... Judy Garland singing in a barnyard. Should we give her more stuff that's better? Because that seems beneath her. I'm not (laughs) sure. Um, Another fun fact
1: that I didn't know
0: was the horses in the Emerald City Palace were coloured with jello crystals. Yeah. I
1: didn't know that. I looked that up when I last watched it. I was like, this has got to be animal cruelty. Yeah. And they had to shoot the scenes really quickly because otherwise the horses would eat all the jello crystals. (laughs) You know what's also sad? Gelatin used to be made out of. Yeah, horses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so bad.
0: They're licking themselves. Oh, yuck. Gross. The film had it has had about 12 re-releases in cinemas since its initial release, um, with the latest earlier this year as part of its 80th birthday celebration. So, what in Oz could be surrounding this beloved classic conspiracy theory-wise? Let's
1: take a break and then find out. Tell me more.
0: Like, did he have a car? Yeah. Yeah, no, he didn't. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Cool, cool, cool. He didn't have a car. He didn't have a car. He had a hot air balloon.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's how they got
0: out of Oz. Oh, I'm seeing some similarities here. (laughs) Okay, guys. We digress. But before, we're going to digress even more because before we get into the theories, there are some wacky coincidence. Coincidences? Coinky dinkies.
1: dinkies? (laughs)
0: That happened. So I'm just going to keep quoting IMDb because it's really the best source for this kind of stuff. The kwinkey dinky go to
1: <laughs> the kwinkey
0: dinky go to. When the wardrobe department was looking for a coat for Frank Morgan, who play, plays Professor Marvel and the Wizard and three or four other characters within the film, um, they decided that they wanted one that looked like it had been elegant at one time, but had since gone to seed or that's super worn down. They visited a second-hand store and purchased an entire rack of coats from which Morgan, the head of the wardrobe department and director Victor Fleming, chose one they felt gave off the perfect appearance of shabby gentility. One day, while he was on set in the, co- in the coat, Morgan idly turned out one of the pockets and discovered a label indicating that the coat had been made for L. Frank Baum. Get fuck! Not even joking. <laughs> Mary Mayer, a unit publicist for the film, contacted the Taylor and Baum's widow, who both verified that the coat had one time been owned by the author of the original Wizard of Oz books. I'm getting goosebumps just saying it. After the filming was complete, the co- completed the coat was presented to Mrs. Baum. Yeah,
1: How was finding that? Yeah, you
0: were like, oh, shit, my pants. Yeah, like. They didn't go out looking for it. It just happened. It just turned off on set and that's the coat that they used. It's like, here I am. Yeah, I'm with you. Here I am in spirit. Oh!
1: Yeah, right? Goosebumps. He Um, approves. He
0: approved. Um, The other one (laughs) is, there are a striking number of coincidences between events in the movie and musical cues and lyrics on the 1973 Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh,
1: not again. It is... H- oh, wait.
0: This is Pink Floyd's this problem is, this time. Yeah. It is highly improbable that the band had a print of the movie with them when they were recording. Um, and a lot of them have dismissed it as, like, it wasn't deliberate, it's nonsense, Just whatever. a co dink guys. But if you begin the album on the third roar of the MGM Lion... Using the uh, the, one of a particular version of the movie, not the PAL version. Um, The quizzes include the coinky dinks include, but are not limited to the line balanced on the biggest wave comes as Dorothy balances on the fence. The song on the run starts as Dorothy falls off the fence. The great gig in the sky begins when the tornado first appears. The song us and them is played when Dorothy meets the wicked witch of the west. The line "black and blue" is repeated when they are talking to one another. Dorothy in her blue outfit, the Wicked Witch in her black. The line "the lunatic in the lunatic is on the grass" coincides with Dorothy meeting the Scarecrow. When we meet Miss Gulch on her bikes, the song at "Time" starts with its bells and alarms.
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: Dorothy asks Professor Marvel what else he sees in the crystal ball. As the line "thought I'd say." thought I'd something more to say comes along in the song time. As the Scarecrow sings If Only I Had a Brain, Pink Floyd sings Brain Damage. Side one of the original vinyl album is exactly as long as the black and white portion of the film, and as Dorothy listens to the Tin Man's Chest, the album ends with the famous heartbeat sound effect. The phenomenon is known as Dark Side of the Rainbow, Dark Side of Oz, and The Wizard of Floyd.
1: You know what this tells me? What? Someone has
0: way too much time
1: on their hands. Yeah, that's what it tells me too. But the
0: most, like, kind of unnerving quinky dinks of them all. Yeah. The day of Judy Garland's death. There was a tornado in Kansas. <gasps> yeah, you'd like that one. I like that one. But we're not here for coincidences. We are here for conspiracy theories. So... yes.
1: Alright, tell me.
0: What do you got? Throw it my way. Look,
1: I have kind
0: of probably been putting it off because it's quite a sad one, this one. Um, and two listeners came to us with this theory, so I want to say... Say thanks to Lorene and Char staff for just putting it out there because you know we love musical theatre and now we're bringing this to you. But one of the biggest conspiracy theories of them all and it's brought up a lot is that one of the munchkins hung himself on set and can be seen in the footage when Dorothy, Tidman and Scarecrow are skipping down the yellow brick road. This theory has been around since 1989. It's been, yeah. Mm. And even though the theory has been debunked, critics still don't believe the truth being given. Apparently, these are what... Um, this, this is what the studio had to say. The Munchkins hadn't arrived on set when this scene was filmed, which isn't exactly proof, but still would an actor come to set before, like, like so many hours before their call time? Nah. So, yeah. The... Um, The Machkas hadn't arrived on set when this scene was filmed. The studio had also said it was probably a stray exotic bird that they had hired to make the set look more fanciful or more so the shadow of one of the large cranes. Um, They have gone on to say that as Dorothy, Scarecrow and Tin Man skipped down the yellow brick road, the bird unfolded its wings defensively and the result was a strange shadow being cast in the background of the scene. Adding fuel to fire, the alleged, I don't know if that's the right word, it just seems, like, alleged seems really harsh, but I don't know what else to use. The alleged munchkin was also recently heartbroken. But there are also reports that the cast of munchkins were not the most well-behaved. We have to take into account that they had just survived the Great
1: Depression... And a lot of them were fleeing persecution from the Nazis. You better not be telling me you better not be going towards, like, a Munchkin lynching. So, i no,
0: not- no. <laughs> so they had been spending most nights drinking. There were a lot of complaints against the cast of, like, inappropriate groping towards Judy Garland, that they spent a lot of nights in orgies, and, like, all of this stuff.
1: I did not need that original <laughs> image. But now um, it's... there. so sorry. Oh no, I'm imagining him in costume. I'm so sorry. Oh, you nasty.
0: But this has also been defended by Jerry Marin, who played a munchkin in the film and was the last surviving actor of the group. Marin said that their behaviour was overstated by many people and that a lot of it... A lot of their energy was a combination of the excitement of meeting other people like them. Many of them were the only... Of some uh, oh, midgets the in their family, oh. um, the excitement meeting other people like them, and a weekly wage. True. So they were also falling in love, and oh. a lot of them got married after the film. Oh. Little, the website Little White Lies states this supposed myth, the hanging myth, is complicated further by the multiple versions of the film that exist. Uh, the Wizard of Oz was re-released in nineteen eighty nine for its fiftieth anniversary. The confusing footage had been cleaned up by that stage the bird appears in a different place to where it first appeared in the original this is the version that is now considered the definitive cut the one you'll likely have seen on television yet if you re- review the original footage it still feels like something is a little off it's high because it's in the shadow right and like we don't know with the, when it was released for home cinema, obviously you could fast forward, pause, rewind, take it back yeah. and see if you could, but you couldn't zoom in. Um, Snopes.com, um, who debunk a lot of conspiracy theories, have deemed this theory false um, and suggest that it could be a clumsy stagehand caught on camera or falling from a tree. The website also urges viewers to remember that footage isn't as clear on VHS or home cinema as it would have been in the theatrical release of the film, since it was the uh, since it was only re- the release of the home video edition that this theory was speculated. So, the theory didn't come out until nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, they didn't see it in the first no. viewing of it. Have you seen it? I have seen pictures of it. Oh. I haven't like actually watched the scene to like oh. look at what happened. Um, the website also says that if it had been such a major incident, such as suicide, or even someone falling, just accidentally, that people would have reacted to it, instead of just going on with the scene. Skipping down the yellow brick road. Yeah, bird. like the actors probably would have stopped, people would have run forward, it would have been taken down, and it would have con- the scene would have continued without that figure in the background. Yes. Um, that anyone... That anyone could believe a scene featuring a real suicide would have been left intact in a classic film for over 50 years is simply incredible. It's a quote from the website.
1: Snoops. The
0: Little White Lies also concludes their article with the exploitation of an already beling... I can never say that word. Bel... ooh. Beling... Belligid? Yeah, that one. Minority should be remembered and analysed without a sinister tall tale tainting their legacy. So it is a rough one,
1: because we don't know. I I have my personal theories What's on what I believe it is. What's your personal theory? Well, I've seen the footage, yeah. and I've seen it, like, slowed down and yeah. zoomed in and all that kind of stuff. To me, it doesn't look like a bird, and it doesn't really look like a person, although you do get a kind of sick feeling watching it. Yeah, I actually think it's a sandbag. That's what I thought. My first is,
0: that like, a, a weight that didn't have enough weight in it. It's a. It's, it's just like it hanging.
1: Looks like how they fall. Yeah. Because like we've used sandbags and stuff from theater to weight the opposite end of something meant to be yeah. on stage, and if you see that and it happens to swing for whatever reason, yeah, it kind of looks like what.
0: Yeah, that's a lie of, like even just looking at the photo, I was like, oh, it doesn't really look like a body. It definitely
1: doesn't look like a bird shadow. I think that's why people are like. There's yeah, I think it's confused for one of the newer versions of it because it doesn't, it actually doesn't look like a bird flapping. It looks yeah. like yeah, a sandbag.
0: Anyway, on a lighter anyway. note, according to the onstage blog, some fans believe that the wizard is Willy Wonka's father. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fan theory, guys. I wanted to, like, just give you something positive oh, at the end dear. of a really happy one. How, you ask? Well, people believe that the red part of the spiral at the beginning of the yellow brick road... Uh-huh. Well, that road ends up as the red carpet leading to the chocolate factory.
1: Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. And how else
0: could there be Oompa Loompas if Willy Wonka didn't go to Oz in search of his father with something? Sub- Was unsuccessful in that search so instead came back with munchkins and And gave them a new name so nobody would know and
1: potentially when they're in the factory they because they're on earth we assume yeah they changed their skin color changes yeah the atmospheric change or maybe
0: there was like some kind of
1: like candy explosion and now they're just a Jaffa explosion
0: that one yeah that one's obviously, like, you can make up whatever you want when it comes to fan theory, as Julie knows. Yes, um, yes, I know quite well. yeah. It's wow. a heavy one this week, guys. It, yeah, it is and it isn't, I think. It is and it isn't. If you do go back, we'll post a photo, or as much as we can on our socials. But if you do go back, I agree with Julie. It does look like a, a sandbag or a weight. Um, that's just not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, and I think if there was so much stuff that happened on that set, like we mentioned before, like drugs and whatnot being pumped into actors, that if something like that happened, I don't feel like they would cover that bit up. They'd cover it all up. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that some stuff has come out and then that's the one that's still like, it was a bird. I just don't think that that would have happened. They,
1: yeah, they would have pulled, potentially would have pulled more than just the scene. If that had yeah. actually happened.
0: And the producers would have released they'd a statement. would be
1: like, munchkins, what and... munchkins? Yeah. I mean, sure. they were pretty dodgy back then. They were full of... Like, sorry, filling Judy Garland full of narcotics. Yeah. But mm, they might cover up a death.
0: Yeah, but also I think if they were going to cover up, they wouldn't have left it in there. And I have to agree with Snopes in that I would hope as human beings, if something like that was to happen, the scene would not go on. Like, there's no reaction from the three that would have seen it directly. Or heard it. You, you can know?
1: Hear yeah.
0: That. They don't stop, they continue, and I think you would have stopped.
1: We're off to see the wizard! Oh. Uh, okay! The wonderful wizard of us! <laughs> <You ours. know? laughs> I just, yeah. Alright, guys. You know what to do.
0: Yeah, let us know what you think. I don't know. I I believe that it's not what it says it is. Julie? I think
1: it's a sandbag.
0: You think it's a sandbag? What do you think? Let us know via all of our socials, which is Facebook at Elvis ElvisLivesPodcast, on Instagram at Elvis ElvisLivesPodcast,
1: or via
0: email, at ElvisLivesPodcast.gmail.com. Come! Come! If you would like to know more about the, the musical... The Wizard of Oz. You can listen to our episode on it on our other podcast. Musicals taught me everything I know. I think it was a few months back now, so you might have to go search for it. Oh my! But
1: oh my! Oh my stars! Um,
0: but yeah, that's where we chat all things The Wizard of Oz, the stage show, not necessarily so much the movie. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Rate, review, subscribe by your favorite podcatcher, and we. Bye.
1: The world is a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography... What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical, subscribe to Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at that'snotcanonproductions.com A That's Not Canon Productions podcast.